<laughs> Good evening. I'll tell you, it's 10 o'clock on Thursday night. Fantasy baseball season's here. March Madness is here. Conference tournaments are here. And Chappie and RC are here. You got OA, the other angle. How you doing, RC? I'm old. I'm old, Chappie. <laughs> we got so much going on. I was at a concert. It was my time to pick. I'm sitting in the driveway trying to get another show posted, trying to make a pick, trying to get my daughter in the house. And, and the whole time, my phone's playing games behind me. So I love it. I love it. And I know you and I, you and I and Raj Mehta and Robbie Davis have a huge uh, podcast on Sunday. So we got to get ready for basketball by then. But, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm excited about the drafts we've been in. Let me tell you, I mean, speaking of, as we're, as we're sitting here doing the introduction, I get the horn. <laughs> I get the, it's my turn to go. So we're going to make that pick here in a little bit, guys. Um, but, but you know, first off, I, I tell you, you're absolutely right. There are so many, I mean, it, it's really tough. <laughs> go Going to work this time of year is really hard. <laughs> And, and, and you know, especially for for me, uh, uh, you know, and you, to you as well, just going in when you have all this fantasy baseball stuff going on. Like, you know, I, I was in three drafts this week, and well, two drafts in an auction. I'm wow. running one of them. Um, you know, like you said, we're getting ready for this big college basketball selection Sunday show Sunday at five here on Draft for Upside at iLogic Media. Um, you know, it, just a, a whole bunch of really cool stuff going on, and it's easy to get overwhelmed. But I thought tonight we 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 talk some about you know some college basketball, some things that happened today. I'm gonna cry a little bit. Yeah. I didn't. <laughs> um, my team didn't play today, so I get a free buy. We'll get to that. We're gonna talk about you know we we like I said. We've done an auction and a draft together. I've done two drafts and an auction so far this week. I just want to talk a little bit about strategy and basically analyze some of the players. You see, I got my Nationals hat on, right, Randall? Yeah, I wonder why that is. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you. You know, um, it's it's funny. I I bought this initially because of uh, Josh Bell and. Um, Kyle Schwarber, you know, being a, a Pirates fan and, a, you know, predominantly a, a Cubs fan, just seeing those guys together in that lineup is really intriguing to me. But but we'll talk a little bit later on about why I'm wearing this hat. I think anybody that listened to Nate knows why. <laughs> so, but, you know, aside from that, I, I, I think, you know, we'll probably get into a little bit of a uh, – uh, some ro rookie discussion. And, and we're going to make a couple – I'm going to make a live pick on air. Yeah, I made a, I made one right before we came on, and uh, uh, and, and I don't know that we're going to get back to me because I think uh, one of our members was going to sleep after he picked in front of you. Yeah, no, I'll tell you, I got it. I'm looking at it now. Sonny Gray, I was looking at when I took my uh, when I last pick. He was he was one of the finalists. I, I feel like um, with him, you got one of those guys who. You know, just didn't like being in New York. And ever since he's left there, he's been really good in Cincinnati. He knows how to pitch in that park. And um, I think you got a really good pitcher there. I, I tell you, someone mentioned in the group, uh, it's it's been an interesting dr draft in that um, everything's gone pretty true to form. There hasn't been any wacky picks. 
Um, you know, the, um, it's been go a ahead. Really, it's been a really good draft. Um, the only thing that's really shocked me is I think there's been some some, you know, we're playing dynasty, which makes a difference. Um, and if you look at my team, I don't think I'm as scared of the 29 to 32 year old players. If some people are looking for, I mean, there's a couple of guys that's got no one on their team over 26. Yeah. I think I made some value. Pick. I think I made some picks. Yeah. that's going to let me yeah. compete now. And, you know, really that's what, so for, to me, to me, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. You're absolutely right. I think a lot of times in these, um, <clears throat> in these keeper leagues where, where you're keeping large, you know, we have, it's not quite a dynasty, right? So it's a, it's a keeper in the aspect that we're only keeping 10 players, but we're all also keeping, we're also keeping eight minor league players that we're keeping separate from those 10 players. And then we're going to add another eight to it. So it's not a dynasty in its true sense, but it's really close to it. And that you're going to be keeping a large portion of your roster. So um, I feel like with me anyway, my approach was a best of position that, you know, I, I had the first pick overall. Um, and when you don't pick again for 23 picks, you really have to walk a fine line of, getting value in front of you as well as looking for opportunities that are coming up that you're not going to get another shot at because that there's so many spots between picks that you have to, you have to kind of start the run. Right. Right. Uh, and I felt being in the middle, I'm in pick five. Yeah. I've been able to be a little more uh, uh, reactive for better. I've been able to go against the flow and I feel like I've been able yeah. to stay when, when the run was on hitters, I feel like I went running pitchers and got value, value, value. So I've tried to stay opposite of the run, which is, is put my roster in a unique place that through, you know, 10 rounds, I've got four pitchers and I don't, know that everybody's not there yet so i'm definitely not but um you know like i said i got two picks here coming up i'm about to be randall i'm about to be but we'll talk about what i've done a little bit later i, I think you'll agree with me that it's 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 pretty unique in itself right um i know you i know you've looked at it um it, it, just because you know my approach is has been um Elite player in the infield, rounded player in the outfield, value player in the outfield. Right. So what am I talking about? So with my team, I've really looked at guys like, you know, that have been overlooked. Guys like Nolan Arenado. Guys like Jose Altuve. Guys we've spoken about, right? Right. But then, then in the outfield, what I've done is I've taken a really honed-in approach on the types of players that I'm getting. And I really love where it's going. So, so, so far, um, Juan Soto, I know you heard me talk about his OBP and his um, Barry Bonds-esque approach. It's at eight o'clock, right? Austin Meadows could be right there. Do you agree with me on that? This time next year, could we be talking about Austin Meadows as a first round pick? I was taking him on, uh, you know, I'm four picks ahead of you, and and I, I started to take him too, and I feel like I've 
when I made my pick, I felt like he wouldn't get past you. So I was kind of going, okay, I'm picking between two guys that I know I won't get back to the other one. But, yeah, I mean, Austin Meadows is a player I very much coveted. Um, I look at – I've tried to take a different approach with the outfield. Uh, I, I All through every phase of our draft, I've tried to collect young power hitting infielders that I feel like that I can use as bargaining chips down the road. Yeah. Um, you know, I have, I guess, between the minor leagues and the major league roster we've drafted so far, I have five shortstops. And I just, I, I just, you, it's like chips and poker. Yeah, you're you know, right. No, I, it's... I've tried to stash things I think of value. And, and, and I got to tell you, I, I got to be totally honest with you. Um, as much as I love uh, Cabrian Hayes, and, and you know I love him, I love that Alec Baum pick in the eighth round at pick ninety-two. I think that is such a great pick. And, and you know, again, we talk a lot about ADPs. Right. When it comes down to draft day, you could just throw that crap out the window, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, it's somebody I I went into this draft. Uh, Austin Meadows was. One of them, by the way. I went into this draft with about 10 guys I considered at 10 different levels that I really wanted. Um, Austin Meadows being one. I, I loved Alec Boone. Um, I really targeted in on getting Glaber Torres, too. I just wanted to – I didn't know where I was going to get him, but I think coming off the 2020 year, that that's just an undervalued player that, that has a huge upside. So um, – and the first pick, my first, my first pick, I feel, you know, just was a no-brainer. I took the number five pick, and you had Soto, Acuna, Betts, Tatis, and Mike Trout. And I was going to take whoever wasn't took it in front of me, and, it, you know, Trout fell to me. And, you know, it's hard to say this, but I feel <laughs> like I took the best player in baseball in 2020, one, but, you know, he's 29 years old. So I'm sure somewhere down the road four or five years from now, when Acuna and Soto are in their primes, uh, he'll still be putting up, as you said, average home run RBIs. But the, the speed category, the run scored, will probably be on the diminished side. I, I, I got to be honest with you. And I don't, maybe I didn't elaborate this well enough. Uh, uh, you know, um, I feel like as Trout gets older, he becomes more and more selective and more and more Bonds-esque. I agree. I agree. So he's going to take a mistake, and he's going to put it out of the park. So the the 40 home run um, basement floor, if you will, right? I call it basement because really it's, it's 45 or 50. I mean – now, I know they're deadening the ball this year. I get that part of it. But let's be realistic. They change every year. So, And with with analytics the way they are, you're talking about, you know, the um, all these different, you know, metrics that, that you know, talk about lift. And, uh, I mean, these guys study their swing all the time, right? Right. 40 home runs and a two – let's call it a two – 285. Do you see him below hitting below 285? No, 
No, yeah. Ronnie. With 100 runs and a hard 100 runs, he's still a first-round pick. Yeah. Even if he gets nothing at the stolen base category, he's still a first-round pick. So, so, can I ask you a question? I'm sorry. Of course. Is there been a place in the draft you forced? You felt like you were forced to take somebody by value? Yeah, we're getting ready to do it right now. Okay. We're getting ready to do it right now. Because, you know, it's interesting. Like I said, I, I, I felt comfortable letting the middle infield go. Right. And I, I know you noticed as we were doing this, um, I really purposefully ignored that position. Uh, there was a there's a floor that I didn't want to go past, and the Carlos Correa Dansby Swanson duo was my floor. That was as low as I wanted to go at the shortstop position. I, I feel like with Correa, you're looking at a a forty homer type player this year. You, you're looking at you know a, a healthy version of you know, his MVP-like numbers from a few years right. ago. And, and with Swanson, I don't know if it was on your show or my show, our show or my show, um, I, I, I called him Corey Seager-like. And that, that really kind of resonated with me. Double-digit steals, you're a Braves fan. Double-digit steals, 25 homers. He is the guy that we don't appreciate enough, and it's like, you know, it's almost like uh, Swenson gets lost in, in, in the star power of Albies and, and Acuna and Freddie and the the young arms, and then, then, then you go yeah. into the whole – Oh, he's just steady. And then we have Austin Riley. Is Austin Riley going to hit? I mean, he just shows up, plays 140 games. And he's like one of the few guys on that team you feel like is just a rock. So, yeah, I'm not. I, I, I said, I, I thought about it last round, but, you know, uh, how many shortstops can you have? I was like, even five was my limit. Ask Meckard. <laughs> I think he had, think he has all of them. But, but that, so the other point where I thought you were going with with Swanson is the other aspect of that is yes he gets he gets caught up in that lineup, but then he also gets caught up in the just the the sheer star power of that position. Oh oh yeah yes. And, and, and you know when you think of shortstop you think of Tatis and you think of Story and you think of uh, Turner and you think of you know just I mean name after name after name after name after name Corey Seager right I mean. To me, that's the type of ceiling Swanson has. Maybe not 300, but he could be. He could hit 280, 290. Yeah, and where he hits in that lineup, he can score a lot. I mean, he's an 80-run guy in the right situation. 85 runs, I think, is possible. Well, and I think that's a great point, too, that you made there and that he's just going to get more comfortable. And he's, you know, that's going to help his numbers because – He's still maybe trying to press a little bit, and he's done what he's done trying to impress Brass, whereas all he has to do at this point is just go Same thing with Albies, right? Yeah. Well, the, and one of the things is that that we, we, you know, working guys don't think about a lot of times, he's not been paid. 
We're friends. Yeah, no, absolutely. Very important. He's been paid. Acuna's been paid. You know, uh, he's the one player that's not been paid on that team. So, yeah. He's, I, he's I, still I, playing for contracts. Yeah. I, I think about that, especially football is the one where I think about that a lot, right? Yeah. Um, because, you know, it's just like Aaron Jones. Um, and not to get sidetracked, Aaron Jones, they don't retain him or they don't give him the uh, franchise tag, right? Why would you pay Aaron Jones? Why would you give me an example of, of a player that you, they paid a boatload of money to and it worked out? It just doesn't happen very often. Makes no sense to me. Yeah. 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 So, it, you know, it's the same thing here. I, I, I'll tell you. And I think maybe the Braves did it smart with um, Albies and Acuna and not giving them a boatload of money. Um, now, the, they had to be willing to sign that, obviously. But, yeah. you know, come next contract, they'll be a little bit more hungry, maybe. Yeah. Well, the one thing about it, well, and I know in Acuna's place, he got, um, I mean, it sounds ridiculous that we have Acuna, as we as in the Braves, my hat, we have him locked down for eight more years on $120 million contract but the thing about it he was going to play for four hundred thousand or five hundred thousand for three years and then he was going to play for two million for a year yeah and then five million and then you know he was basically the braves kind of got two extra years or three extra years out of Bacuna by going ahead and putting that contract in front of him well and it worked out for acuna too because he got a lot more money yeah yeah well i mean he's generous uh, and is we don't think about it as fans, but if I was him, he's generational rich now. I mean, he has, yeah. you know, yeah. he's, he's going to be able to take care of his kids and his kids' kids. And absolutely, if, if and his kids' kids' kids. <laughs> yeah, if, if he if he if his career ends on a fastball this year, he's still going to make enough money that his kids' kids' kids can have whatever they need. Well, you know. I tell you, I, I kind of feel like, are we at that point, Randall? I think so. Have have we have we let chaps fantasy chat invitational hang long enough? Yeah, I'm I'm sitting here. I I, I was I'm I'm, I, I'm wondering which way you're going to go here. Well, you know, I mean, so uh, let me run down just real quick where I'm at with my lineup, and then we'll talk about where 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 I'm thinking and where I'm ultimately going to end up. Um, <clears throat> you know, so, so far I feel like I've gotten two really good power hitters. Um, and I've put both of them in my utility spots. I, uh, Vladimir Guerrero. I, I love, um, my buddy Dave knows I love Bo Bichette. Uh, he got him really early and I think that's a really good pick, but, um, you know, I, I tell you, um, Vlad slipped a little bit. I mean, he went right at his ADP at 49, but like, you know, in this draft, that's not happened very often. No. So, so getting him there is, is definitely a value for me. And then of course we've talked, you know how much I love Nolan Arenado. I love him this year. I think he has a huge year. Um, there's a deciding issue that you could point to with why he had it down year last year. Yes, he's moving from Colorado to St. Louis, but he's facing better pit, better for him pitching, right? He doesn't have to face the Dodgers. He doesn't have to face the Padres. Um, now he gets to face the Reds and the Cubs instead, right? That thought process. 
He's playing for a team that wants to win. Love Arenado. Have both of them my utilities. My outfield, I talked a little bit about it earlier. Got Grisham, got uh, Meadows, and I got Soto. I love that combination. All three of those guys are potential five-tool players. Agree? Yes. I just picked up Dansby Swanson. <laughs> and um, Jose Altuve. Love that middle. That's a great start there. Um, and, of course, my pitching. I, I, I've, I've just gotten started. I really – I missed out on Lance Lynn. My buddy Rob grabbed him right in front of me. Thought that was a great pick. That was definitely who I was going to take. Um, I don't think I think it was two rounds, two sets of rounds ago. So Rob always does that. Um, he does a nice job. Um, but <laughs> but you know the the guy who I really wanted all along and and kind of set this all up off of was Zach Greinke. I got him in the eighth round, which I'm pretty excited about that. That makes a really nice two. Um, as I look at my team, I still need a little bit of um, help in the middle infield I, I, because I have minor league guys on the corners that I'm pretty comfortable with. O'Neill Cruz is interesting to me because I said before, I'll say it again now, I feel like he's going to be up not far after Super 2. I think so. I don't know if it's at shortstop, though, Randall. That's the concern there. I need it to be at shortstop. Yeah. And, you know, uh, the, the Pittsburgh middle infield is, is kind of crowded between the minors and the majors, you know? Uh, you know, I picked uh, Gonzalez, who I, I strictly picked to be a second baseman, and that's where I think his future is, even though he's shortstop eligible mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. He is. And even with uh, my major league team with taking uh, Castanero, uh, my thought was he's really a first baseman and a quarter infielder after this year. So he's a placeholder at second for this year. I'm hoping for Mike Gonzalez. And then he becomes one of my corner infielders in uh, 2022. But that, yeah, that Pittsburgh's got a lot of young talent. And, and, and the, the guy that we all forget about is Kevin Newman, right? right. Uh, he, he's the guy that, you know, if you really think about, we're one year away from him at 312, I think 16 homers, 12 stolen bases, um, really solid uh, prototypical middle infielder type of statistic. Right. I'm not going to take him. <laughs> I, I, I know you're probably hoping. So, so as I look down through these middles right now, right? So, Semyon, Tommy Edmonds, interesting. He, yes. He's someone that, you know, is, is would definitely help me in that he is eligible all over the place, second, third, short in the outfield. So, I can literally take him and put him everywhere. He gives you a stolen base profile. Um, to me, that is pretty interesting, and he's young. He has he has opportunity to grow into that role, and they want him to play leadoff. Hit leadoff, yes. I mean, that's what they want him to be. So that's a little bit of a projected um, timeline on Edmund, but he's definitely someone I'm looking at here. Going further down the list, I mean, Gregorius, I like not not enough to pick here. Uh, 
Dylan Moore, Segura. I'm not really – none of those guys tickle me, you know. I could use a corner infielder, like I said. I got Arenado and I got Guerrero. I put both of them at utility. They both seem to profile there. So as I look down through that list, um, obviously I'm not really interested in Hosmer, not really interested in Will Myers. I like Mount Castle, but I think that's a little bit of a reach here. Urshela, Mancini, Sano. None of those guys jump out. Agree? Agreed. Uh, there's there's one that will probably be on my board out of that group in the next round. I, and, and it's it's a it's a reach. I, I'll I'll tell you. I think it's a reach, but I, I'm really and, and hey, league, listen to me, Mancini. Even though he's coming back off of cancer, mm-hmm. I re- this guy's coming off a thirty home run season off of cancer, and I think he's beat it. And I think if he, if, if it wasn't for that, I think his ADP would be somewhere in the one twenty fives. So, I mean. I think I think he's it's probably a little early for him, but I don't think it just blows his ADP well, out of the water if he was healthy. ADP is out the window at this point. Right. It's out the window at this point because if you want a player you're reaching for him. Absolutely. You're not getting players to fall to you. This 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 group of and I've done this by design. This is my third year doing this group. I've honed this every year we've done it. I've honed this to bring in the best players. I want people that are going to compete. They're going to be active. They're going to, you know, really try and get better. And I think I've done, I think I've done a pretty good job. Well, and and another thing that makes these corner slash outfielders appealing to me is I only have two outfielders. And the other Hmm. one was a strict stolen base grab. Yeah. And, And I mean, he's 32. So I'm, I have probably got the oldest average age outfield in the league right now. I mean, my uh, over 30. But I thought I thought where well, I took Sterling Marte. I love him, by the way. It's about as good a value as I could get at that point. Yeah. No, I, I think it's a great pick. I love him with Miami, too. I, I've often said those Dominican players, they do well in the South, so that should be good for him. Yeah, and I, I mean, uh, it's it, – I, I bet you can't say uh, a lot of times you made a 32-year-old guy a pick for his stolen base and his legs. He's a little different cat, you know? Yeah, yeah. So let's talk outfield because this is where I really start to have a hard time. I'm going to read you some of these names. Alex Verdugo. Byron Buxton. Ramon Laureano. Jorge Soler, Michael Brantley. Talking about a little bit different cat here, aren't we? Yeah. We're we're definitely – we have to do some projecting at this point in the draft. Um, You know, I really like Michael Brantley's tool set. Uh, I, I, I really like Soler's power. Yeah. But, you know, I also, man, that cat from the A's, I, oh. he, he could become a, I mean, what's he? A he showed glimpses of it. Yeah. He showed glimpses of being a four or five tool player. Yeah. So, 
Hey, and, and Chappie, what this league's done for me is when we started this about three months ago, I was struggling with where to go from baseball. I mean, this league has challenged me to get out. And guys, play fantasy sports. I love baseball. I lost some of the interest because I wasn't playing fantasy. Yeah. So, yeah, get out there, challenge yourself. It's fun. Well, um, and, and I'll tell you, you know, even from my perspective, you know, I fancy myself a bit of an expert. Um, I, I like playing in leagues where I'm the little fish. I like playing, you know, I, I always want to play against the best competition. And I think that makes you a better overall player. Yeah, it, it definitely makes you research, study, and, you know, and, and today – uh, we were on, uh, you text me and you're like, are you going to pick? And I swear I had been in a 30 minute debate, what I'm going to do. And I don't, Yeah. you know, you don't want to make a, oh. a bad move. Especially this point of the draft in the 10th, 11th round, this will make or break it. Yeah. And you know, the guy I covet is still out there. Yeah. And, and I'm just trying to figure out how far I'm going to let him go before I pick him. So, so. So, in the just to recap, because I want to move on to pitching. So again, step back. Soto, Austin Meadows, Trent Grisham. Good. Byron Buxton and Ramon Laureano stick out big time here for me. Something tells me I'm going to take one of these two players with one of my two picks coming up. I, I, I would I could see that and, and because they fit the mold of what I'm trying to do, Randall. Yeah, and, and well, and I think they they fit your overall mentality of how you play fantasy. Yeah, but I don't want to jump to conclusions. So let's talk about some pitching, and it's interesting because I've kind of laid off. Like I said, I really wanted Lance Lynn. I got Giolito and Granke. Far from established, especially in the league where you're, you got, you got, you have to roster 12 pitchers and starters. Yep. So I got to get pretty busy here. So we're looking at guys like pretty good players still here. Zach Wheeler, Patrick Corbin, Charlie Morton, McCullers Jr., Denelson Lamette. I gotta tell you, I'm not reaching here. I don't um, feel like there's any value here, Randall. You have to stop. You have to start projecting at this point and go get a pitcher. And I mean, you have to project hard. You, you, you know. I and I'm gonna talk about the Braves because I'm a Braves fan. Uh, you, Charlie Morton, who you just men, mentioned, he's 37 years old. Right. You really have to project him to be that third starter in Atlanta and to win 14, 15 games at this point in the draft and to stay healthy. And, you know, it's a lot of equity to play for a 37-year-old pitcher in a keeper's league. I mean, that's yeah. to me a lot. Yeah. Uh, there's no way I'm looking at Morton. If I'm looking at anybody here, it's Lance McCullers. And it's strictly an age thing. Yeah. And he's a strikeout pitcher. Yep. Yeah, I agree with you. But I feel like it's a reach. I don't feel comfortable. I'm good with Zach Wheeler. 
That's actually a consideration. Corbin's too... I think Zach Wheeler is the end of a tier. I will say that. I mean, I'm not trying to help you out too much. I'm trying to beat you, but I, I agree with you. If there's a tier at, at pitcher, and looking at our draft board, I think Zach Wheeler is the end of a tier. So, I think I, 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 you're right. I put Corbin in that group as well. Uh, where he's at, yes. I, the only thing that I have a negative connotation with Corbin, and you know how you get that on certain players, and mm -hmm. and that's probably me. Uh, we had to talk about Buxton, and you felt that way about him uh, at one point. You know, I've been burned by Corbin yeah. so many times, right? That I just somebody else is going to pay that draft capital this year. That happened early on. Um, you know, I have Walker Buehler in our other league, and I didn't want to have the first number one. I didn't want to have the same number one starter in both leagues. As crazy as it sounds, I didn't want to put my league, both my leagues on one guy's arm, you know? No, I, I understand that. And that's a good that's a, that's a a good talking point. You're absolutely right. Uh, I, I have certain players that I target, but, you know, like cookie cutter in each team is not a good, uh, you know, not, well, not a good formula. Well, and I, 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 both leagues, I, I covered it, both Bueller and Jack Flaherty. And, and, you know, I have an affinity for the Cardinals, even though I'm a Braves fan. I have a friend of mine, my son, that plays in St. Louis. So that's my second team I followed. And, you know, I, I just think that it's an explosion year for Flaherty. And, and, and so in one league, I took – Bueller in the other league, I took Flowery. So, yeah, I kind of same draft capital to me. Yeah. So, so I, I guess this is where we end this conversation and we make a pick. All right. Because it, it, the thing for me is here's where the true value is. And there's not a whole lot here relief pitching. Rossiel Iglesias, Ryan Presley, Kirby Yates. Yeah. I'm four picks from you right now, and there's a good scenario that I could go relief pitcher there. I almost did coming to you. It, it, it's worth the point in the draft where you have to start filling good statistics into those pitching slots. Right. And don't you feel like if you've got that one front line reliever that you feel good about the position to maybe piece it a little more than if you – I feel I, – I want that one guy I feel good about. It's a start in this league. But, again, with 12 pitchers, you have to approach it completely differently. Yeah. You have to really build a, a true bullpen. So guys like these these setup guys all of a sudden become much more valuable. Like uh, uh, if Jordan Hicks is healthy in St. Louis and has 30 setups in front of whoever, well, it could be either way in St. Louis. Right, right. 
so 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 for me personally i don't see a scenario where ryan presley isn't the best of these three players he's the most talented he's going to give you the highest k rate he's probably he's on the best team and don't you feel that he's probably the most secure I think there's a couple of those guys that are secure, but Ryan Presley's the one that I I, I would have a hard time fathering yeah. losing that closing job at any point this season. Yeah, and, and, and just to prove a track record. I, I mean, he's done it. He's established there. Yeah, same guy. Same guy four picks ago that I had in my queue that I debated on. So while we're at like four or five different players – that we've kind of put in that category. Seeing the need to look forward and what's coming, I feel like Presley's a no-brainer. I think you're so far away. Okay, so let's talk about me and why I didn't go there. (laughs) I'm 10 picks away when I made my pick. So I did not think everybody in this – now I'm four picks away. Right. I had a group of about five pitchers, and I felt like I'm going to get one of those guys if I set at number five in the next round. I didn't think I would get Sonny Gray at number five in the next round. So uh, opportunity cost, I, I kind of was like, I've done this show with you long enough now that I knew Ryan Presley was kind of where your head was at. So I was like, if I pass here, I'll never have a chance at Ryan Presley. And I was like, okay, well, I, I think the capital is there. And uh, I added my four starter. And, and that's part of it. you got to know who you're drafting against. Well, and, and, you know, I mean, that's – so to me, it's a little arrogance, right? There's a little bit of cockiness there. Um, I, I like pushing the envelope. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I mean – it's one of those things where if if you if you feel like there's going to be someone that slips and you're pretty confident about that point why not take advantage of it you're stupid if you don't take advantage of it right right so if you know there's i don't know three or four pitchers that aren't going to go until ADP's 200 300 that you want don't you bank on that? You might not get all three or four. I bet you could get two. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, that's kind of where I'm coming from with some of this stuff. Again, to me, and and I guess we'll go ahead and do this because I do want to talk basketball, and I don't want to go back and forth. So the, the second pick here, when, when you look at how these um, – how how this draft is unfolding, um, I, I really have really a, an affinity for um, for these outfielders that provide all categories. Yep. And you know, we're getting to that point in the draft where they're they're drying up. Yeah, uh, I think I've already in my head. I have, and I'll tell you the number. I have twenty two hitters in my queue. 
I'm not queuing pitchers because I'm looking at them in our draft league. Right. So my question in my in my head right now, with you being the next pick, then at five picks from now, I'm going to have a choice between a pitcher or a hitter. I want two of those 22 hitters. Do I need to take five picks from now? Do I need to take one of those? Or will those 22 hitters make 33 picks? I I'll tell know. you, it's interesting because when I left work today, I queued up about seven players, and I think it was 12 players away from me. You know how many of those players were left when I got home and got ready for my draft or ready for my show? One. One. Tough draft, man. Well, it's everybody. I love slow drafts. My I love slow drafts. killing me right now. You're What's killing that? me, Becker. Macker does a good job. I tell you, everybody's done a good job. I, there haven't been bad picks. Before we get to basketball, can we run through everybody's just? Yeah, absolutely. I, I just, I, I just want to talk. So when I come down to this pick, and again, knowing that I'm not going to pick for two full rounds now, I have to take a step back, and I have to look at my team. And I have to think to myself, Randy, <clears throat> is there any place I have to address? So when I look at that, and I, as much as I love Byron Buxton, as much as I love um, Ramon Laureano, they don't make a whole lot of sense for what I'm building. They don't. I can get maybe not quite as good a player later as the outfield position, but I can get close to that way. Uh, they both make more sense to the profile than my team did. I, I mean, just just dealing with it, you – yeah. Hey, by the way, uh, shout-out. I just got a shout-out from uh, Dallas Bruner. I've played in the same – Fantasy football league with his family for 15 years. Glad to have the Bruner family watching. Love you guys. Tell your dad, John. I said, hey, great family. Welcome. All over the country we play in this league, Chappie. Yeah, welcome. I, it's great. i tell you, Randall, you are one of the most savvy fantasy football players I've ever played against, and I don't say that lightly. Uh, you know, I've struggled in this league. I won it four times, but lately they've had my number. Yeah. And, and, you know, I love fantasy football. Yeah. I love fantasy football. And I'm learning I know you do. fantasy baseball again. Yeah. I mean, well, look at this smile, Chappie. I no, it's great. I, I never thought I'd be this happy playing fantasy baseball again. No, it, it's so much fun. And I'll tell you, I, that's why I started this league. And, and you know, last year I just I, – I didn't play it, you know, because of the shortened season I decided – um, that it wasn't the right thing, and, and I think it was a good decision. But I was so glad when the majority of these guys came back this year um, to play. So, you know, it's fun, and it's it's more fun when you're playing against guys who make good picks. Yeah. And we've had that. And I had dropped out. Uh, a lot of people don't – I mean, just a little bit of my personal life. I'm a single father. And I told you a couple of years ago I was going to go spend some time with my daughter – and I thank you because when it came time this year, you were like, well, you want to play again? I was like, well, if you've got to have me, I'll play. 
And when yeah. I made that commitment, it was like, you're in the league. And I was like, okay, yep. there's no yep. way I'm getting around playing again. So Let me tell you, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's a great point because it's really hard as a commissioner sometimes to, um, to, to, to tell a good player goodbye. Yeah. And is. we did that, right? We did yeah. that. We did that in both football and baseball. Yeah. I just, uh, I had some personal things I had to take yeah. care of. Yeah. But, but, you know, we kept in touch. Um, we've always kind of, you know, had each other's backs in, in, uh, podcasting scenarios, stuff like that. So, um, this year it kind of came full circle and you were the first one on my list. So, um, it, it's really kind of cool. And, you know, next year I'm going to get you back at football too. Might, you might have some success with that. <laughs> Dallas Brunner, I'm coming back for my trophy though next year. <laughs> they said if I win the fifth one, they were going to retire it. So I've got, I've got to get that done. So, so I, I just – I want to wrap this pick up because I do want to talk some college basketball. Yep. So, for me, I've excluded the outfielders. I don't need them right now. I'm looking at my infielders. In the corner, I, Tommy Edmond keeps coming up. I like that profile in my offense. Do you not get everything that you want here with a second baseman, third baseman, and an outfielder? Especially if you look at what I'm trying to do, and that is keeping Guerrero and Arenado as a utility. It seems to fit the bill because I think we both know there's some guys later on that I really like. Right. And I might not get the corner infielder I want. I might not get the middle infielder I want. I'm going to get one of them. Yep. And then you just shift Edmund over to the other spot. Yeah, and they're, I mean, I'm telling you, not only me, but there, there is a, at least one other guy that has laid in a bevy of middle infielders that there will be middle infielders on the market for trading. And I yeah. do look at it this way. I mean, when I'm picking, I sometimes pick some, I one of my um one of my well I'll just say it, Nick Gonzalez was a pick for me in my head that's like I'm playing with a lot of pirates guy. This makes absolutely sense to my team. Right. Plus if he hits, I can get a bevy for him in this league. So I made a move Basically, because of who I'm playing with, as right. much as anything. Well, and it's a great pick. I mean, that that's the guy that's, you know, of all those guys, and you know I like a lot of those guys. Um, I have both Hayes and O'Neal, right? Um, so, uh, you know, there, there are other players there as well. Um, but that's the next name on the list is Nick Gonzalez. Yep. So, I, I think I'm going to go ahead and make his pick, Randall. All right. We're waiting. As a matter of fact, I'm just going to go ahead and get on your team so I can see it. I got Tommy Edmond. That. And and you know, I I, I think I got to put him at my middle right now. Me too. You know. Yeah. I could shift him over a corner later, but I think that it's a good spot for him. Um, it, it certainly fills a hole that I need, and 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 that's. 
that's that's where I'm headed with that. So we'll see. It's going to be a while before I pick again. Yeah, uh, I'll be up twice before yeah. you go again. And uh, yep, I, I I feel strongly that I'm going to split the next two picks, one hitter, yeah, one pitcher, even if a relief or starter. But I feel like I feel like at four, I'm ahead of the curve with pitching, that or at least on the curve with the league. Um, yeah. So I feel like I got – I don't have to fight uphill now with pitching if I just stay in a flow with it, you know? And, and you know, that's another reason, and that's a good point. So what I did in my minor league draft is I went out and I, I picked Spencer Howard and I picked A.J. Puck. Yeah. So I feel like I've got a little bit of a leg up in that regard. Um, just because those guys will be able to slot in immediately and help me out in my staff. Yeah, I, I don't think I – I don't know that I have a player that's going to be in the majors this year. Um, yeah. I, I have Bobby Witt. Uh, he might be. He might be. Uh, the kid from San Francisco, no way, he's 19. Uh, Luciana. a year away. Yep. Um, you know, Emerson Hancock has not even played his first minor league system season. Right. The kid from Georgia, um, I just my team is not going to help me a whole lot, but but that's the reason I feel okay with going and getting some of these thirty year old guys because yeah, I feel like right. I got I got no three years down the road just pop 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 coming. Yeah, and you could definitely get value there, right? I mean, some of these guys that are a little bit older, these guys avoid them because they're they're all looking for kids. So yeah. yeah. Um. So you you have mentioned you want to give some shout outs to some of these yeah, teams. Yeah, I'm really there's some there's some guys that have absolutely wore me out in this draft, and I just want to. <laughs> I mean, I I I, love, I don't know these guys as well as you, um, but I, I want I'm I'm picking right with Mecker. Oh man, he's he's killing it. And and. Uh, if I went down his list of players, oh. there's probably a two, four, his 10 picks, seven of them have been in my queue. Yeah. It, and it might not have been my pick, but he broke my heart with Bo Boucher. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. And yeah, I was I, upset too. I was uh, upset too. And last round, he really took me out with Hoskins. I mean, again, uh, he was just ahead of me on the game. Um uh, yeah. Also, I, I and I, I don't want to mispronounce his name, but it's uh, Musgrove. Rob, yeah, Musgrove. Rob, Rob I absolutely um, – it was a run <laughs> he made in the draft that I absolutely loved. And uh, I just want to shout out to him because I've been looking at everybody's team and I was like, yeah, he that was a nice run he made. It was about three picks there that I thought he got super valued. Yeah, with every pick that he made, and I was like, "Wow, man, really, really." And one more, I'd like to just uh, our boy DeBoer. Um, oh yeah, Timmy. I love, love. Yeah, listen to his infield: Josh Bell, Ozzy Albies, Rafael Devers, Fernando Tatis. Yeah, corner infielder is Monica, and then he has Alberto Moncada. Yeah. I mean, I love, you know, people don't know Moncada had uh, COVID last year and it really affected him. Yeah. Um, that was going to be, uh, and, and I'm happy with 
what I did at third base with Alec Boom, but I mean that was my third base. That's the guy I thought I was going to get a little later. Uh, right so I, I, just a couple things. The, the the guy that Timmy got that I was really so first off, I, you know I'm a, I'm a huge uh, Lourdes fan. I love Lourdes Gurriel. He got him. He is. You're absolutely right. His his draft has been phenomenal. Shohei Otani to me in a daily change league where you can rotate him from pitcher back to hitter um, is so valuable. He got him in the seventh round. I thought that was a humongous steal. Mm -hmm. Um, Jordan Alvarez, if this guy's knees can stay healthy, what an absolute beast this guy is. He could win a hitting title. Yeah. Uh, really good job by Tim. Meckard always does a good job. The, the the mention for Meckard, first off, this sucker already has his all of his players on his bench. He's not letting you know who he's putting where. No. So he's already got his poker face on. Yeah. <laughs> I love the Gallo pick. Yes. I, I tell you, to me, one of the biggest values of this draft. I talked about a little bit earlier as Kyle Tucker. He got him in the fourth round. You're talking about a guy, Kyle Tucker, who could be a 40-30 guy as soon as this year. Yeah. His comp coming out of college was Ted Williams. Teddy Ballgame. Wow. I mean, that they so they gave him this moniker, Ted Tucker. You got to love the, you know – Everybody hates the Astros. I get it, but you gotta love the veteranship there, where they 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 cling on to that. Hey, you're the next Ted Williams, right? But it's you see it. The guy is definitely an advanced hitter. Um, and, and of course, Rob. I play. You know, Rob and I go way back. Um, I, I think I've stolen from Rob enough, and Rob's stolen from me enough. He uh, he he definitely knows where I'm headed. I think before I do sometimes. Um, I think I really threw him for a curve when I took Soto <laughs> first overall. Uh, he, he actually IM me. He's like, dang it. He's like, now I got a decision to make. He's like, I was sure I was going to take Soto, but so he ended up with Acuna second. Um, I love the JD Martinez pick from him. I, it seems to me like last year is just an all around bad year from the from the Red Sox. Yeah, and, and I think they rebound big time this year. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, Lance Lynn, I love. Um, what what a great pick. Um, he would not have lasted one other pick. He went forty seventh. He would not have made it to forty ninth. So, right. great pick out of Rob. I, I want to shout out to our boy, our, my, my only local guy, and Vic. I love the left side of his infield with Lindor and Bouchette. <laughs> I covet his in, uh, left side of his infield. So, well, yeah. I, I, I tell you, you know, it, it's funny to me. Um, I, I, I feel like, um, I feel like with Lemayhew, he got a value, yeah, a real value in the third round. Um, I, and with Biggio, he, he got a real value. So I, I feel like he's got a good start there. Um, I. I where he has them right now is a little – I wouldn't put LeMayu at first. Um, I would try – I would personally try and stuff him at second and put um, put Biggio at, at corner. Yeah, I mean, there's still first baseman out there. 
I still think there's at least a couple of productive first basemen who could end up sliding DJ over yeah. and having a first baseman that still there's still first basemen out there that profile thirty and ninety. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, of course, with me, the thing that the the two picks that I really like the Vic did um, was his his two pitchers. I really like Castillo, and I really like Strasburg. I think those are really two good bedrocks for him to start with, um, and, and good pickups for him. Yeah, yeah, I didn't like the Castillo pick so much, Vic, uh, personal reasons, but. So anyway, it's been fun. We got it's a thirty-six round draft. We'll we'll do. Um, heck, we might be picking ne- this time next week. <laughs> if we are, you'll be, you'll have a nervous breakdown by then. Get nah, I tell you, it's funny. I, I I enjoy it honestly. I I enjoy kind of driving it, and um, it's tough Pick when up. you have to go to when you have to go to work. It's tough to multitask like that, but yeah. um, the end product, getting a good quality league together, is worth it. And, and, you know, Sunday we might not be as focused on it with the big bracket. Oh, we won't mention it once on Sunday. Well, I mean, it'd be hard for us. I'm sure we'll have to make a couple of picks, but it's uh, it's tough. Hey, yeah. I'm looking at some scores right now, Chappie. There's one out in the Pac-12. Uh, USC 68, Utah 67 with under a minute to play. All right. Well, let's pivot. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, well, you know, it, it's it's fun, um, mainly because, man, it's so tough. It, it is such a gauntlet, especially with with COVID going on. You look at what happened with Duke. Um, things changed so quickly. I don't know if you got a chance to see the Mountaineer game today. I do want to talk briefly about that. First off, I want to say it's a shame that. Fans are so live and die that they just can't understand a loss. I get it. It's a tournament game. I get it. You wanted to win. But did you see Derek Culver today? Yeah. I saw – I was at the show, uh, and they had it on the TV. And I got to watch it, but I couldn't hear anything. So um, I saw some of the game, but I don't really know the ins and outs of the game. So you could educate me. Well, and, and so I'll be completely honest. I was at work. So you know how it goes when you're at work. You don't always get yeah. the ins and outs yourself. He, he, he couldn't breathe. And, and he couldn't breathe because he was sick. Oh, I did not know that. He so wasn't COVID is- sick. They all got tested before they went to the arena. He was just flu sick. Well, I I had known they lost before I was watching the game. So I was watching a replay of the game. So I kept wondering what the – the rotation didn't look quite right to me tonight. I, I tell you, th- this is one of the few times this year they missed Isaiah Cottrell. Gabo Saboyan fouled out, and DC just couldn't go. He just his he didn't have the stamina to get in there, so that left them without a big man. Now, first, I want to credit Mike Boynton, Kate Cunningham, 
Lively. All those players at Oklahoma State. A great team. I was sour this morning. I'm not going to lie to you. But thinking back on it, you think about the gravity of a tournament game. As, with as talented a group of people, teams, that were in that tournament. For them to step up the way they did really is impressive. It, this is Thursday, and we've got number 10 playing number 12, too. Let's not lose sight of that. That is yep. a weekend-type game. So right. both of them right. came out of the gates having to play – Top tough draw. It's a tough, tough draw. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think either team that won today is going to have a hard time going into the weekend. I think the, they probably took a lot out of them. So, so here's my whole take on it. Throw in all that we just talked about, right? Throw in the fact that Bob Huggins' next win is number 900. That's a big number. All the gravity of the world has got to be on that team's shoulder. Yeah. You know, I was at uh, Pat Summit's 900 win, and I know it's women's basketball versus men, but you, Pat Summit, you don't get any bigger in this world than Pat Summit, my book. Right. And uh, it wasn't a it wasn't a fun game to watch. You, you it's hard. Like, it, you were almost like relieved when they won at the end of it. And uh, uh, I, I, I've not experienced that. The only other time I experienced something like that was in a national championship game where my balls were playing. And it was a very close game. And I, I never thought we would win. It just felt like we were avoiding losing. And that's, that's what it felt like winning 900 to me for Brazil. Yeah. So – so, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, it sure would have been nice to get that monkey off their back today. It would have been. The other the other part of this that I want to talk about before we start getting into our real college basketball discussion, and we are going to talk about a lot of these teams coming out, right? The, the part that struck me, I had a really hard time swallowing. There's a minute left in the second half, Randall. Oklahoma State had three fouls to give. Yeah, I, I, I saw this. I didn't hear it again, but I was very curious. I, I, I have a hard time. I have a hard time sitting there and pointing the fingers at the refs. Actually, I don't. I restrain myself from doing it every time. But I'm disciplined. I think you know that. Right. I do it. I just I have real issue with the fact that Gabo Saboyan fouls out with I think eight minutes left, seven minutes left in the game, and Oklahoma State played such great defense that they got three fouls to give. That rubs me the wrong way. Well, you know I, I'm not um, I'm with you. I'm kind of like okay, at the end of the day, it's all going to equal out. I'm going to get my calls. I'm not. Right. But, yeah, that is. 
that is odd. And again, we've and I'm not I'm not believe me, everybody out there, I'm not a conspiracy theorist or anything. But sometimes it does feel a little disjointed in the Big Twelve that West Virginia is almost the left shoe in a right yep. shoe conference, you know? Yeah. And, and and sometimes it just feels that way. And you now we've talked about it that, you know, my I have uh, I have several people I know that went to West Virginia and they really do have a chip on their shoulder about some of the things that's happened in the Big Twelve. Yeah. Yeah. So so I don't want to blame the referees. I only bring that up. When you're filling your bracket out, keep that in mind. That it has to be a relief for this basketball team. One, to get rested while they're sick. And two, to get out of this constant grind of having to play two teams every time you go out. Right. I'm not making it as an excuse. Obviously, it's been very successful this year. But it's pretty evident, at least it was to me, that the Big 12 wanted to see Cade Cunningham against Baylor Bears tomorrow night. And it's going to get huge ratings. I mean, but it's it it's not – I hope. I hope in the world of college basketball, it's never came down to ratings. Yeah. Look, and, and that's that's the big part of it, right? Like, it can't be your sole excuse. You still need to execute. You still need to, you know. Absolutely. But it definitely, it's hard to ignore when it's as blatant as it, as it is sometimes. So this isn't a show about griping about referees. But I just think it's important to make that note. When you're looking at your bracket, and I think a lot – now, this is very draw-dependent too. West Virginia has played the number one and the number two teams as well as anyone's played them all year. Right. And they probably so – you, the, you made the point earlier. I'll, I'll make this point quick. You made the point earlier that they're going to get that number one draw if they get the four seed. Yeah. I'd make the argument that's a positive. You want to you want to see Creighton? I mean, uh, Gonzaga. You you you're darn right, I do. Uh, I've had we had them beat. We had them beat. You watched that game. We had them beat. I'm not afraid of Gonzaga. I'm not afraid of Baylor. The teams that scare me are the teams I haven't seen. Michigan yeah. scares me. Illinois scares me. I'm not afraid of those two teams we've played. We're every bit as good as they are. I, and I tell you, there's some – and there's some level uh, – us as fans, I've spent a lot of time with coaches. Us as fans never see <laughs> sometimes that team's just a matchup nightmare for you. Mm-hmm. And there's teams that are just – I mean – uh, even though Villanova got beat today, uh, you better have a guard that can handle the basketball if you're going to play Villanova. If you don't, if you are, if you're really running out, Villanova is a nightmare matchup for Tennessee. Nightmare matchup. Yeah. 
Uh, so there's teams that just are that way. I, I'll tell you, one more point about West Virginia, then we'll move on. Uh, USC goes into overtime with Utah. Uh-oh. And USC is a good point because they have that great big guy as well. Yes. Gabo Saboy is the most underrated defensive player in the country. I'll say it again. I'll say it slower. Gabo Saboyan is the most underrated defensive player in the country. He can guard guards. He can guard centers and everyone in between. His defense at the top of the key is as good as any center in the country. He's not going to give you a lick of raw offense, Randall. But he's going to cause havoc on that other team at the top of the key, and that's where the offense runs through. I follow you. So what else? Let's. I mean, you know, I know you watched because I texted you the other night. I know you watched BYU and Gonzaga. You, you know, uh, and I've been kind of beating the drum for BYU all. Yeah, you year. have. And um, and I don't know if the moment got too big, or I don't know what happened. But Gonzaga can go out and play with what say whatever they want. BYU for thirty minutes, thirty-five minutes in that game was the better basketball team. Yeah, and um, I don't. I, I again, I I don't want to go ref. I don't want to talk ref. I don't want to get into ref. But you sure felt like it. Golly, yeah. that's that that's a touchy call. That's a. That's yeah. a rough call. That, it, uh, that, yeah. that could have went – that's a 50-50 call, you know? Yeah. It, it, you're it, a, you're a mid-major conference with a number one seed. Uh, do you protect them? I mean, financially you make sense too, but I, I thought BYU was the better team. I still think they were a better team that night. Here, here was my takeaway from that, and you're absolutely right. From a third party, not really caring who won, who lost. What happened, and, and, and this happened against West Virginia as well. At the end of halftime, coming out into the second half, Gonzaga just comes up. They guard you. They're in your face from the half court on. Yeah. And it's intense. You have to match that intensity. Yeah. You have to backdoor cut. You have to screen. You have to run certain plays off of that philosophy. And, yes, they're allowed to be more physical than the other team is on at the other end. But it, it's when that happens, that team has to match that intensity with intensity. And if that means putting your seventh or eighth player in the ballgame, and tell them to just hack them, you do it. Yeah. Because you have to get after. When they step up the defense, you have to then, in turn, make them uncomfortable on the other end. Well, of the three teams that that I think can do that, or or maybe even four, but, you know, I think a Baylor, I think an Illinois at time can turn defense that high in Gonzaga. If you don't match that intensity, you're – yeah, you're done. It's you're, a 20-point run. Yeah. Well, I think – and one of my favorite teams to win the tournament in the last 10 years uh, is that Villanova team that just had three great guards. 
yeah, that could guard 85 foot. And I mean, they would, they literally would guard you for, they would make bringing ball up court a work and they just wore teams out. Gonzaga's got a little bit of that in their profile. If they, when, when they get behind or get in a close game. They're, they're definitely chippy and, and it's fun to watch. Um, you know, get to play, obviously playing them live. You, 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 you dislike them a lot, but then watching them later on in the year, um, Ayaye, um, Kispert, uh, Tim A, um, you know, they, they are just, they got four NBA players on that team. They do. Four. I don't know that another team can say that. They, no one. Um, Maybe they, Baylor. I mean, no. I, I don't. I mean, you know, Butler is. Um, Teague probably is. I don't think Vital is. Um, I don't know. I, you know, it, it, it's it, it. That's why, to me, as much as I've tried to avoid it all year long, Gonzaga is still the odds-on favorite. Yeah. As good as Baylor is, and I think Baylor probably gives them – if Baylor's hitting their shots, they win the ball game. Right. But what happens when Gonzaga extends the court on Baylor? That'll be what you want to see. It's going to happen. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and I couldn't break it down any better. I'm just sitting here going, yeah, you, you nailed it. And, and I'm trying to go through teams – that are capable of matching that intensity. And I'm having trouble coming up with them. Uh, I've not seen Michigan enough to tell you. I've not seen Ohio State enough to tell you. I know Alabama can in spurts, but Alabama is a very thin team. They're not as deep. Um, but, I'm, I mean, there's only a few teams that can go. I think West Virginia could go. Look, yeah. and we said before this, and I'm not – just saying this because I know you're a West Virginia fan. I still think West Virginia is a lead yeah. eight team. I agree. I, uh, I think they're a Final Four team. They'll be there playing for it. Once I mean, you get to the lead eight, anybody can make it the rest of the way. It's yeah. flip a coin, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, I mean, Michigan's really good. Michigan's probably in that category. Uh, yeah, I think Michigan's better than Ohio State, uh, even though – it, Illinois is the team to me. If you're talking in a Big Ten outside of Michigan, Illinois is the team to me. Yeah, uh, that's one of my favorite teams, too, that I think could – I've been on Illinois. Uh, that game you said early in the year where you saw Illinois and Baylor. Yeah. Kind of see what they could be. Um, there's uh, – USC still – they're down right now. Uh, but USC was a team that – Boy, I had a lot. I, I was, I, I mean, and I still, the conference tournament doesn't end the season, of course, but USC has that unique uh, interior defense that right. I, don't, I don't think a lot of people do in the country either. So, yeah. When you start making your bracket out, and we'll talk about this on Sunday, you've got to find these teams that are different and unique. And uh, I, I love, like, I think LSU, even though they're the three seed and probably in the SEC, 
and one of the quietest teams in the SEC. Nobody talks about LSU. Uh, all you hear is the negative publicity about what happened last year and the money and their coach who was here in Chattanooga at one point. But LSU is unique in that they can score with anyone. If they can push you to get in a shootout with them, they can beat anyone in the country. Right. But you've got to find those kind of teams and say, you know, like yeah. I think LSU's a, a, a serious tournament sleeper. Yeah. Uh, I think I th- I think West Virginia is built for the tournament. Yeah. I think Illinois I think is so built too. for the tournament. Yeah. Um, I, I, th- I think Oklahoma is built for the tournament. I do too. Um, uh, Texas Tech was up on Texas about ten a minute ago, and now that game's fifty-seven, fifty-six. And I got it behind like, me, so I can't really follow it. I, I, I'm cheating. Um, <laughs> of course you are. Uh, I really think that Texas team is one that came out of nowhere that I kind of went, ah. They got really time. good guards. I, I mean, that's the thing about Texas is that you know they got three really good guards. Um, and, and when they're shooting well, they're tough to match up against. Uh, you're, but you know I've been on Texas Tech all year long. Yeah. Now, they haven't played great lately. It's really hard to, to distinguish that second and third tier in the Big 12. Um, they, they, they all kind of have moments. And then they beat up on each other. So, you know, Texas – could be a scary team well, you down the stretch. They're all ranked right there together, like 9, 10, and 12. The, um, the, team, the teams that scare me, the teams that I'll shy away from in the Big 12, the teams that are doing really well right now. And I know that sounds off. But you look at West Virginia two weeks ago. They were pushing – they were two seed. Yeah. They got this big head almost. Now, there were some other things going on, right? They got sick. Um, you know, uh, credit Oklahoma State. Mike Boynton's a hell of a coach. I'll tell you right now, Mike Boynton is one heck of a coach. Well, another thing with West Virginia, let's look at that schedule down the stretch. Yeah. They've played a gauntlet. Yeah. And I still go back to this, and, and this is one of the best stories I think is going to come out of the tournament. And, and and this is going to—I will watch every game Houston plays because I am so convinced that Houston can be an elite team that I want to see who beats them. Um, because I Houston really is a mystery. Yeah. Uh, Western Kentucky. Yeah. Is a team that I want to watch too in the tournament, and uh, and I'm I'm gonna go ahead if if my UC Sonic Santa Barbara teams in as a 12 or 13 seed, that'll be one of my 12 seed winners. So um, it'll be a great tournament. Oh, I can't wait! I can't wait! I tell you, you know, we're wrapping up here, but I just want to talk real quick because I know we haven't pubbed it probably enough. We got a selection Sunday show going on, right, Randall? Yeah, and and let me just let me just hit everybody. Uh, it will be available on uh, Draft for the Upside of the iLogic Media family where you're watching us now. Uh, what Jappy and I uh, really need, uh, we have personal sites that we want to plug every now and then. Chappie's Fantasy Sports, and mine's called River City Media. 
Uh, everything streams through our home pages and through iMe. The iMedia guys have been so great to us, and the Draft for the Upside guys and Chappie. But we're going to have a partner in the uh, our local newspaper here, Marion Messenger. It's a it's a virtual newspaper. We'll also be streaming us, Chappie. So there's multiple places to see us. Of course, Chappie and myself will be on here. One of the Listen to this, Chappie. You don't even know this. Robbie Davis, who, who did the SEC breakdown with me, he's a local attorney, a basketball obsessed. And his mom's going to be on the show with us, who's even more basketball obsessed. <laughs> She's going to come in and do like a 20-minute segment with us. So awesome. we're going to call that the crazy old lady segment. She nice. knows basketball like nobody's business. And then the fourth uh, of our panel is uh, Raj Mehta. He's a former contributor to the USC rival site. He is our West Coast guy. And, uh, you know, we may have a few surprises calling in. Uh, I'm, I'm going to work Saturday to see if we can have a speaker phone set up so that we can take calls on the air. Um, Chappie is going to be our Big 12 guy. And we're all going to – Robbie's kind of the SEC guy. And then we're all kind of spreading out through the ACC and the Big Ten. But uh, I'm really excited because – for two hours, we're going to do nothing but talk bracket. And, you know, the first thing Chappie will have is uh, just a little what happened this weekend reaction, you know. Yeah. We'll have some clarity of what's going on. And and I'm sure there'll be some some debates. And uh, uh, at the end of the day, I think we need to all leave there with going, my final four is. And, and also, we're going to be shocked by somebody's seating at some point. You know, we're going to see somebody underseated two places, two seatings, or someone overseated. And right. that's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. But again, just hit it real fast. It's going to be available on Chappie's. Do you call it Chappie's Fantasies? It's Chappie Fantasy Sports Group. Yep. But and you can yeah. also find private groups. It's Chaps Fantasy Chat. You yep. find me at Chaps Fantasy Chat on Twitter, I'm pretty much anywhere. So. I am River City Media everywhere. Uh, the iLogic guys, I think they want us to go to draft for the upside for reviews, but that's where we'll be. And then the Marion Messenger and the MarionMessenger.com. Um, Chappie, I'm just super excited about it, man. I, I, this is a dream come through to just, I'm just pretending like we're at a bar and just going to talk about it. Well, and, and you know, uh, it, it, it's one of those things where that's really that's kind of what we're doing, right? I mean, it, it, it's kind of like we have our own little um, reveal show as they come out, and you know, I, I, that's what I don't know about you, but that's one of the things I always loved to do in college was go and and you know just kind of have a beer with the guys and, yep. and see who see who got picked where, and you know, kind of fill our brackets out real time there. So. You know, I don't know. We'll probably put some sort of bracket thing together and post it on the show, just yeah. a for fun type of thing, but also for some bragging rights. And yeah. um, you know, uh, I, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I kind of have an idea of um, some of the teams that that I'm really watching. <coughs> um, and, and you know, we'll, like you said, we'll watch this weekend and, and kind of get an idea as to who we like and and who looks good going into this tournament. So. And during the weekend, I'm going to be setting up some uh, some some talking points, and I'm sure we'll I'll start us a group text probably sometime Saturday, and 
Uh, again, I'm, uh, these are my friends and buddies here. I look forward to taking my two worlds and clotting them together. You know, it's going to be fun, man. Uh, also, uh, just anyone, what we need you to do if you're watching the show, we need it. Uh, we need we need your help a little bit. Uh, we're investing our time and effort. And we don't ever ask for anything. How, just share us to your Facebook. Yeah. Share us to your Facebook. Let your friends see what you're watching. Yeah, and, and I promise you'll laugh at us because we're, <laughs> we're that way. And we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll always, Chappie. The one thing I take pride in this show. I don't think we could be any more two people being themselves than us being ourselves. <laughs> yeah, almost like uh, defiantly, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's some defiance in it. Yeah. Too. Well, and I'll tell you, I. Great point, and I don't do a very good job of it. I usually just end up getting on here and talking for a while. If you like what you hear, like and subscribe. You know, like and subscribe to Trap for Upside. Like and subscribe to River City Media. Like and subscribe to Fantasy, Chaps Fantasy Sports Group. Um, you know, iLogic Media is a great family. They got a lot of great stuff going on. Um, like you said, everything from uh, golf to brewery to uh, cooking shows. It's it's really a gauntlet of great people just wanting to contribute and do a good job. So um, check out the stuff. It's definitely up and coming. Yeah. I mean, iLogic family has uh, also told, they, they, you know, they put no restrictions on us. Right. We come yeah. up with it. We, we roll with it. And uh, yep. it's a nice environment to be in. And yeah, definitely. And, and again, uh, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't get on here and lobby for uh, PayPal, pay money, cash app. Shares and likes. That's all we're looking That's for. That's it. That's it. So, all right, man. Well, well, I'll see you Sunday, it sounds like. And um, we'll have a lot of fun doing it. Oh, yeah. I'm sure I'm going to laugh and cry. Before yeah. <laughs> so, until next time, guys, thanks for everything. Um, you know, OA every Thursday night at 10. Chaps Fancy Chat every Thursday nights at 8. And, uh, Randall, I know you got some new shows going on. What You want to pub anything? Uh, just go ahead, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna lay something out there to you. Time's not not defined, but the shot uh, I, I consider what we do is a lifestyle, Chappie. Yep. We love sports. I have a show coming. It's under development. It's called Man Talk. It's it's just not for men, but it's what it's kind of a sports bar. I keep coming back to that, but it's yep. all the things that we love. You might hear us discuss a movie. You might hear us discuss an album we love, 70% sports, barbecue, bourbon, cigars, man talk. I'm sure you'll be seeing Chappie pop up every now and then. All oh, time. yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. If you uh, if you want, you know, uh, I've got someone coming on Chappie. His name's Gary Highfield. He wrote a book called uh, When Want To Becomes Have To. It's about uh -huh. a point in your career or your life that you have to go, I don't want to be – I don't want to be rich. Right. I have to be rich. I have to improve my financial situation. Right. I have to get that new promotion. And I, I'm an ex employees of Gary's and it was, it's to see him now in this motivational role. It's very, very humbling, you know? So he'll be on a call of men talking. Once he gets talking, it's kind of like a, kind of like an evangelist. He'll get you fired up about something before it's a, a seminar, huh? Yeah. He's a great guy. So, <laughs> But that's the kind of thing I want to do, Chappie, and it's yeah, it's a passion. No, it absolutely is, and you know, I, I have fun doing it. We talk about it all the time. 
Um, I, I'd be breaking it down and thinking about it anyway, so I may as well come on here and share it. That's the way I look at it. So, I have um, one thing about my life to do the podcasting. <laughs> well, I, I I'll tell you, um, I I look forward to Thursday nights. Um, you know, starting as soon as Thursday nights or early Friday mornings, I guess. So, yeah. so, yeah. so you know, I'll, I'll be start. I'll be working on next week. Um, later on tonight or at least tomorrow so um starting tomorrow hey i got great news man i'm getting my COVID vaccination on monday so oh i'm jealous mine's coming soon um you know i'm that next bracket so we'll see how that goes i'm very thankful the state of tennessee considered me in one bracket earlier than my age because of some health problems so i'm very yeah well i'll tell you we it's interesting because we're looking at um making a trip later this summer so um, that vaccination will definitely um, make me feel a lot more comfortable about doing that. So absolutely. Well, all right, man. Let's wrap it up. We'll talk next. Well, we'll talk on Sunday. We'll talk the rest. We'll talk every day like we always do. You know it, bud. So uh, everybody, thanks for your support, and uh, make sure to check us out Sunday at five, right here on Draft for Upside. Um, until then, take care. <laughs>